What's up, fellow Zeros? Thank you for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that looks like your Uncle Greg. I'm your host, Joe, and I brought along four other Black Beauty automobiles. Yeah! I said automobiles, otherwise I wouldn't erase this. With me to talk about the movie Green Hornet, we've got Frank. The podcast that wants you to come with us on this adventure. Matt. The only podcast that can't even see your ass. Corey. The only podcast that is unguessable. And sequel. The only podcast that will sue you for sexual harassment. Honorable mention to the only podcast that is a bit of a dick, which is a quarter win for me. Before we talk to you about the Green Hornet, though, we've got two things to do. First thing is we have a review on iTunes. Yay! What? So our iTunes review is from, I'm not sure how to say it, it's either Mr. E-R-C-M or Mr. Irkham. I like Mr. Irkham. I hope that's what it is. Mr. Irkham, get at us. ZTHpodcast at gmail.com. The title is ZTH Can Get It. Oh, oh, oh he's my favorite. <laughs> Mr. Irkham writes, Is there anything better than a room full of nerds arguing? You there is. I think he means you bet there is. Only if they do it while drinking. This podcast is a gem. Subscribe now. Thank me later. The brilliance of having five hosts is that you get a reasonable bell curve of opinions. It feels like you are finally sitting at that intimidating table in the back corner of the comic book shop with a gaggle of 30-somethings and one child looking at you, Frank. I mean, you are my baby. You can get it. <laughs> Frank, do you need to change your diaper before we go into the next segment? Looks like they're changing tables over there. It sure is. <laughs> He's not wrong. Shouting about the science of a Lazarus chamber. It's fucking rad. The banter is impeccable, and I love when it gets off topic. Thanks for all the solid en- recommendations and hours of free entertainment. ZTH, ride or die. Three, two, one, friendship. <laughs> A moment of silence for that. Okay, dude, get at us on Twitter, because I am literally in love with you. Okay. And this is not the five and a half beers I've had talking. <laughs> this is my feelings in my balls and my heart area. <laughs> Just take this. Can I feed you a beer? <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Irkham. We really appreciate that review and, you know, the nice words telling us we can get it. Everyone loves to hear that. If you'd like to be like Mr. Irkham, go on iTunes and leave us a rating with your, I mean, a review with your five-star rating. And then the other thing we have to do before we get into the Green Hornet is let you know what we've been watching this week. Sequel, what have you been watching? I watched three Tom Cruise movies this past week. Which Which three? three? Top Gun. One. Perfect. Days of Thunder? Two. Wait. Days of Thunder? What's Days of Thunder? Tom Cruise is a NASCAR driver. Gross. And Robert Duvall is his pit crew chief. Gross. Never heard of that Gross. movie. Go on to your third. Absolutely terrible. It's a great movie. You'll Two of you Gross. will like it. <laughs> <laughs> you will Go on. Two of Which you. Which two? And The Color of Money. Three. three. That was it's green. Okay, question. Before we move on, how sure. do you feel about Legend? Legend's a fine movie. Okay. That was it. Three Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> I'm excited about Top Gun 2. Mm. Are you, though? Oh, yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Yep. It's going to be called Maverick. They don't have the director yet. Oh, really? It is called Maverick, yep. officially. Hmm. And The Flying Raptors? I have no idea. Hmm. Drones. They don't have a director yet. Drones. I heard it's about drones. I heard a room was going to be Michael Bay. Ooh, so Everything's going to be exploding. The airship <laughs> is just going to explode, and then the raptors are going to soar out of the explosion. And the volleyball explodes. Oh my god, the volleyball. <laughs> they got to bring back the, the spike. Corey, what have you been watching? I watched Rogue One again on uh, Sunday, and it still doesn't disappoint. I still really like that movie. And yesterday, I saw Pirates of the Caribbean 
Dead Men Tell No Tales. What? I saw it. Saw it. Is that the new one? How That's was the newest it? One. It's better than On Stranger Tides. Really? Because On Stranger Tides was good. I did not like On Stranger Tides. I heard this one is bad. I did not like On Stranger Tides. I like this one better. I felt like it went back to the core of what Pirates is. Nice. Um, Johnny Depp being weird. Johnny Depp being weird. And it actually taking place on the ocean. I feel like on Stranger Tide there was way too much time... Oh, trudging around the island. Trudging around on the island. It was just too much. Stones, I'm giving it three. It wasn't spectacular, but it was a solid movie. That's fair. A lot of the articles I read said Johnny Depp phoned it in for this. Collecting a paycheck at this point. Probably. Okay. Probably, but the person that plays the young up-and-coming male lead, the Orlando Bloom of this new arc, so to speak, didn't phone it in. The girl was pretty good. Barbosa was still in, and he was... Barbosa's still in those movies? He's my favorite character. Yeah, and he was, he was pretty good. I agreed. <laughs> he was a pretty good Barbosa. The bad guys in this lived up to what we got in the first movie, but the graphics were cooler. They were, like, they were all drowning or half-exploded. Like, it was really cool graphics. So it gets three stones. Matt, what do you got? I watched both Beauty and the Beasts. Both so that means I watched the new one and the old one. Didn't you still get it? Yes. The animated one? The animated one. Obviously. But here's the thing. I didn't watch the whole version of either of them. Reasons. It was a YouTube mashup. Because reasons. The new one isn't bad, and I don't hate what they did, but I miss the animalistic nature that they took out of the beast. Like, when the beast is stalking around, he's angry that Belle's not coming down to dinner. He looks like a fucking dog. And he's stalking in front of the fireplace on all fours. You can't do that shit with fucking CGI asshole. You know what I'm saying? So I missed that shit. And yes, he looks bestial and looks okay, but it wasn't what I wanted. Challenge. Corey! I, that was actually my word, challenge. Challenge. If they can make Gollum crawling on, on, on all fours, they could have made Beast crawling. They could have, but they didn't. Yeah, well, That's the problem. They could have, but they didn't. Yeah, That's my problem with it. Because that was the awesome part about the Beast, was that he went from bipedal to quadrupedal without a second thought. Mm-hmm. Yes, he ran on all fours in the CGI, which I'm fine about, but the Beast did a lot more in the cartoon. Sequel. How far did you get? I got to be our guest in the new version, and in the original version, I started at Be Our Guest and moved on. This was totally coincidental, not at all planned, just happened. You've seen the animated one. I've seen the animated one to completion, yes, but I haven't seen the CGI one to completion, (laughs) honestly. But I'm just saying. Frank, lay it on me. To solidify the uh, child comment, I've been watching Spongebob. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was appropriate. Oh, Jesus Christ. New Spongebob or like... Season one. Okay. They have it on uh, Amazon Prime, so... Why not? You said Amazon, which got me thinking. I started watching Sneaky Pete, too. That's such a good show. Dude, if you have Amazon, watch it. I'm like three episodes in, and it's fucking fantastic. What's Sneaky Pete? It's wonderful. It's a, it's a show where it's got Giovanni Ribisi and... Which guy? Is it Ron Weasley? The guy oh, from Breaking oh, Bad. Um, I can't remember. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yes. It's got, yeah, Giovanni Ribisi and Brian Cranston in it, and uh, Giovanni Ribisi is a con man who gets out of jail and assumes his cellmate's identity it's, when it's, he gets out. It's so it's good. It's so good. Hmm. Seriously. I think you, I talked about it on the show once, but yeah. very briefly. Yeah, do yourself a favor. If you have Amazon, watch it. It's it's a fun Yeah, ride. it's real good. I watched the uh, the first episode of a series of Unfortunate Events on the Netflix oh, the sh- oh, the the show version. It's pretty good. I... It's too depressing for me. I didn't love it. I'm probably not going to continue. 
they told first me that it doesn't wrong. have a happy ending in the first episode. I'm like, I don't need to happy continue end. this. <laughs> the fucking show is called a series of unfortunate events. Did you think it was going to end? No, but he's like, he's like, look, it starts bad and it ends bad. Yeah. That's what the narrator tells me. I'm like, so I don't need to watch it. It's this. a series of unfortunate events. It doesn't get better. I, I know. You get into it and you enjoy the misery that is other people's lives. Watch it with Hubert. That's not why I escaped. Fuck Hubert. You don't deserve time off. Where is Hubert? <laughs> He's on, <laughs> quote, sabbatical. Oh. When it ends, I'll fucking inform you, okay? Also. Oh, jeez. I decided something else. Yeah, I decided I'm going to watch through Futurama, which could not have been a better time for me to start because apparently they're taking it off. As of July, it's really? leaving Netflix. Oh. So I have to get through the first five seasons before July gets here. Do we know how many seasons seasons there actually are in the show, though? I think there's ten. Yeah, so they only have the first five up, right? No, they have all. I think they have all ten. Oh, do they have all ten? Yeah. Shit. I think I'm only taking the Fox ones off because Fox is all against Netflix. It's not Netflix' fault, guys. Don't blame Netflix. Seven seasons. Seven seasons. Well, we're going to end the podcast early because I have to go home and watch more Futurama. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. It was a good movie. Green Hornet uh, was a movie. Six Stones and the Gullet. Good night. And that's what we've been watching. Let's get into our movie facts for The Green Hornet. The Green Hornet came out in 2011. It was rated PG-13 and it is one hour and 59 minutes long. Too long. Weird runtime. Yeah. A little bizarre. It was directed by Michel Gondry who is a director from France. His American feature films he's directed are Be Kind, Rewind. I like that movie. That movie is surprisingly okay. I haven't seen it. I saw that in theaters. Jacket Black. And Most Def. Most Def. Never saw it. And also The We and the I, which I've never heard of before. And then the French features that he directed were The Science of Sleep, Mood Indigo, and Microbe and Gasoline. It's very nice of you to name them, but we don't care. America. not about what you care about. It's about what Mr. Urkham cares about. That's right. Mr. Urkham, my best friend. And Bennett. And Bennett. And, and Bennett, Bennett, right, yeah. My other best friend. He's my best friend. I okay, buy him burgers. You're right, yeah. You guys are getting You burgers. buy all of us burgers. Yeah, that's right, but burgers are on you. I can't wait to that's get That's true, you're buying burgers, yeah. See, we got that money. That's going to be Black the best road trip. He's also directed a ton of video shorts, so I didn't list those. Oh, for a second I thought he made video games, and I was like, wait, nope. I care about this. The movie stars Seth Rogen, Jay Cho or Chow, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, that's I think my bad. It could be. Christoph Waltz, Cameron Diaz, David Harbour, Tom Wilkinson, and Edward James Olmos. You can announce David Harbour as the new Hellboy and I'm okay with it. He was in Stranger Things, right? I'm not yeah, crazy. Yes. He was awesome in Stranger Things. He wasn't bad Was in he this the sheriff? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't bad in this, it's just he was bad guy, so yeah. Speaking of bad guy, the budget people, right? The budget for the movie, $120 million. It grossed $227 million. Oh, good for them. Worldwide, right? Yeah, $98 million of that was domestic. Eh. We, so, always, no, we always fuck them. Moderate success. Yeah. We always fuck them at the theaters. We've come to everyone's favorite part, the scores. Rotten Tomatoes give this movie a 43%. Certified dicks. The audience agreed completely, also coming in at 43%. IMDb has this, this movie at a 5.8 out of 10. Wow. And the Metacritic score... Oh my god, 32. I'm in tune 3. with Metacritic 2. now. I was just going to say 3.2 as well. 3.2. 38. 64. God yeah. damn it! Four. No, I'm fucking with you guys, it's 39. <laughs> Corey, you didn't put your bed in. No, Sequel actually has Metacritic tattooed on his ass. <laughs> 
Right on his tramp stamp. That's why he's on tune. I figured it out. His tramp stamp's on his ass. It's not a tramp stamp. <laughs> tramp stamp. I know. I know. I adjusted my situation after I said it. <laughs> that's all I have. The only other fact I have to give you is that the Green Hornet originated as a radio show in the 1930s. All right. Now let's do our general thoughts about the movie before we spoil the things. Matt always goes first for this. Okay, so this movie, I really wanted it to be something. You know, it had it has deep roots. Like, the Green Hornet is one of the oldest, like, masked vigilantes we have. And it was a big deal. And Seth Rogen, I feel like he shit the bed. I feel like that's a good term for it. But, yeah, it was, it was uh, you know what? It had its moments where I chuckled and it had its moments where I'm going, is this really happening? So, yeah, that's what I felt. I have a clarifying question to you when we get into the full discussion. Perfect. Corey, what do you think? This movie was by no means spectacular. It was barely even good. The plot is a little too loose. It doesn't really do anything with all of the things that it has potential to do. You know, like you said, it's from the 1930s, right? So it has however many years of material to base itself off of. and it About 75 years. About 75 years. And it really doesn't do anything with it. it. It's a bad origin story. At the end of the day, this is a really, really bad origin story. Yeah. And that's my general thoughts. Frank. This movie is super dull and kind of boring. Most of the movie I had a hard time paying attention. Like, I was on my phone a lot, messing with the dogs, making popcorn, doing whatever. And I, the movie just didn't give me any way to grasp onto attention. What's up? Clarifying question. Were the puppers adorable? They were. Okay. That's fine. Was the popcorn buttered? Lightly. Oh. Sequel. This movie is absolute ass, and the characters are really unlikable. That's it? Yeah, <laughs> all right. So I don't think this movie is boring. I just don't think... This movie's not very good. It's It's not horrible. It's not unwatchable. But I agree with sequel in that the, especially the main character, is not a, not a likable bunch. Doesn't do a whole lot for me. When we get into spoilers, I mean, am I the only person who's seen this movie before? This was my first time. My first time. Same. Virgin. So, so I was the only person who's. I I captain. Made the wonderful decision of watching this movie more than once. <laughs> you see, see it in theaters? No, no, no. I saw it on like Stars or something. Okay, so from this point forward, those are our general thoughts, and we're going to be spoiling the Green Hornet. So if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to let you know what happens starting right now. So, Matt, my clarifying question for you. I'm ready. Did you think that Seth Rogen shit the bed in his acting or his writing? Because you wrote this movie. Wow. He wrote this movie? He did. Yeah, him and someone else, like, team wrote this movie. That changes things. I'm going to go ahead and say the acting, then, still. Because I feel like... Even if it was written well, it could have been acted well, but I'm starting to feel like Seth Rogen is just Seth Rogen in every movie. And when I saw James Franco on screen, I literally fucking laughed out loud because I was like, they can't do a movie without each other. But buddies. Even though he was in for 36 seconds of this fucking film. It hurt me to give him the opening line, but I was like, it's the best laugh I got in this movie. Because I just totally forgot about him. Danny Clear. No, crystal clear. Crystal clear. Yeah, it makes sense. I sell meth. Yeah, he's not good in this. He's very Seth Rogen, and if you're not a fan of that, it's not going to surprise you. And frankly, for him having written... It feels like he wrote this movie. 
Like, the way he portrays the character of the Green Hornet, it feels like he wrote the movie. Like, I'm the most important person on set. What you think of me now? Dude, you suck from start to end. <laughs> you do nothing except kick a dude in the nuts. Like, that is that is your contribution. In the face. He kicks one dude in the face that hits his partner in the nuts. Yeah. One way or another, he's kicking somebody in the nuts. He is fucking useless. You take him out of the movie, let Kato be the Green Hornet, the movie might be okay. The fact that he wrote this movie, and I just found that out, makes me hate this movie even more. Because <laughs> it seemed like he, again, actors will take on roles to collect paychecks. It happens. Not everything's going to be their passion project. But you had to sit down and write this. That's, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. And I think Seth Rogen's a pretty funny guy. I like his, you know, Pineapple Express. Funny movie. I like This is the End. Was I the only one that got to do research on the Green Hornet email, Joe? Great. Okay, so I did research on the Green Hornet, and the Green Hornet is one of the oldest, like, vigilantes we have in America. <laughs> 1930 is when the Green Hornet started, which is before... It was 1936. The Batman? So... So it's interesting to, like, it's interesting to find the correlations between this and Batman, Spider-Man, and all the other, like, masked vigilante, quote, superheroes we have. So I went back and I listened to a radio play. I went back and I watched an episode of 1966 fucking Green Hornet with um, Bruce Lee. And it's the same shit, except... You have to take it, you know, with a grain of salt because, like, they shot a gun and someone went, ah! It's like, there was a there was a delay there, dude. You were dead ten minutes ago. It was 1966. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was probably better than this movie. It was the same as this movie. That's the sad part. So I think it was, it was as true to the source material as they could get, but, yeah, it did have some things. So I did some research. Let's talk about the, the, the big problem with the Green Hornet is that he's fucking useless. Yes? yes. Does, does anybody disagree yeah. that he's useless? He's, he complains about, in the movie, he complains about Cato saying, like, thinking he's a schlub. He is a schlub. Yeah. He's useless, and he's unlikable. He's completely unlikable. Yeah, he As a person, like... Britt Reed in this movie, terrible. Yeah. Britt Reed in 1966, not unlikable. I'm not rooting for this guy Just to say. succeed at all. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing that I pull for, or, like, I, like pain for Britt Reed is that his dad's a douchebag. Like, I'm like, yeah, your dad's a douchebag. Like, I I get not having any desire to do anything because the one time you tried to do something, your dad ripped up your toy and threw it in the trash. Okay, fine. But But would you believe that's his thing? Like, he tries to help other people? Like, they would you believe that that's kind of his thing? But he doesn't. But do he's a, a man child, and he's yeah. terrible. <laughs> Between the like jealousy about Cato and Cameron Diaz's character, Lenore. Lenore. Between that, or really any other interaction he has with Cato the entire movie, he talks down to him and like, bro, you you do nothing. But it's a bromance. But it's a or really one of the bad bros bromance. Is really abusive to the other bro. Yeah, it's a bad bromance. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't say it's a bromance. It. It's portrayed as one. It's portrayed as one, but it's more brothers. Because a bromance involves more understanding and more love. This was straight up brothers. Because they made a point. Beating the shit out of each other for stupid nonsense. That's what brothers do. That was one of the better fights. I can attest to that. (laughs) Frank can attest to that. I can. Corey can attest to that. Sequel and Joe can't. 
But the three of us can. Maybe you guys will be brothers someday. One day. When that when that was paperwork finally goes. But you know what? You know what though? Like that bromance, that brotherhood that you speak of was complete like all of that building that they did not and I feel like you're right, that fight in the pool house could have potentially led up to that. But the minute you realize that Kato can't swim and is drowning, and all that Brit does is throw a fucking floaty yeah. at him, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Like, if my brother threw me in the in the deep end of the pool and I couldn't swim yet, and he realizes it, he jumps in after me and pulls me out of the yeah, fucking water. Yeah, I was expecting him to like, save him. Yeah. So he doesn't actually save him. He proves to the audience that he's still just a petulant man-child, and if it's not him, that it's nobody. It's his way or the highway. Yeah, and also, he could get some girls. I don't know why he was worried about Cameron Diaz. There was absolutely no one that he brought home that I was like... There was one girl he brought home. Was she was there was a couple of girls that he brought home where I was like, why the fuck are you worried about Cameron Diaz? Why is anybody worried about Cameron Diaz? Because she doesn't like him. That's his thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, got, I, no, I got that, Joe. They even wrote that in the movie. No, I got that. I feel you. But <laughs> in hindsight, I'm like, you brought home Biddy 1, Biddy 2, and Biddy 3. How do we feel about her performance? Who? Who? Cameron Diaz. She was in this movie? She was probably... There? I feel like she was probably one of the the best performances in this movie. Second or third best performance in this movie? Well, yeah, the villain who's... Uh, blood, Christoph Waltz, right? Christoph Waltz, yeah. who's Blood... Blodnowski. No, Chudnowski. Chudnowski. Chudnowski, Blodnowski yeah. is the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that was the worst. But, like, consider... But, you know what? Like, I have a gun with two barrels. Considering the way that his character moved through the storyline, at least him going to Blodnowski made sense. He's he's the best performance in this movie. Yeah, hands well, because he's Christoph Waltz. Like, he's the best performance in most of the shit he's in. That's that's the beauty of him. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything other than he's not just seen Glorious Bastards. Yes, he's the head yeah, Nazi. He's the oh, head okay. Nazi. Yeah, Django Unchained. Django no. Unchained. Um, he's, he's in a lot of shit. I think Cameron Diaz was a waste of money. You could have gotten anyone else for this role, yes, but and that that is the irony, right? Like she's playing essentially a glorified secretary. Gee, you, that's exactly that. I know, but like that's what I'm saying. Like you could literally put any Hollywood female into that role. I'm not mad that they put Cameron. She Diaz does a in. good job with what's given to her. Yeah, right. Her freak out when they when they walk in or like when they break into the house at the end of the movie solidifies her performance in this. Because by then, the movie has gone fucking sideways, and she's still taking it seriously in that scene. I'm like, you know what? Good on Good you. On you. Yep. Normally, you pick an actress of her caliber for a role like that to draw people in, but it was unnecessary with the cast they had already, mm-hmm. really. Also, I was really surprised to not have a love story. Like, when she denied Kato... happy. When she did... Oh, no, no. I agree. I was also super happy, but when she denied Kato, I was like, okay, yeah, she's she's playing hard to get for Brit. And then she denied him, and I was like, holy shit, a movie without a love story? I'm stoked. But the movie still sucked. But I was just happy to have a movie without a love story. The movie still sucked. Well, let's take it... Well, let's table it. What were the redeeming qualities of this movie? Because, I, I mean... The cars. The, the black cars. beauty, yeah. The black beauties. <laughs> That's really about it. The scene. The car, I like Cato. Cato's Kato. okay. He's written really stupid. Yes. But his performance in this movie, I like. I like him. I like J. Cho or J. Chow, whatever it is. Do we know what else he's been in? He's been... He was in Now You Can't. Now You Don't, rather. 
Now you see me too. Yeah, yeah. No, I got there. <laughs> no, you don't. I was there. <laughs> and he, he's apparently some kind of music artist. Okay. I looked it up. Because he, he kind of looked like a skinnier version of the guy who plays Kim Jong-un in whatever that Seth Rogen interview. The interview. The interview. I thought you were going to say Team America. I'd be like, that's fucking puppets. (laughs) Fucked up. That's awesome. Uh, So I looked up. Kato has changed so much over the progression of the Green Hornet. He originally was a Japanese person. I wasn't going to say manservant, but that sounds weird. A Japanese person. And then as World War II bloomed, he stopped being Japanese and they just didn't talk about it. And when it did come up, he was a Filipino of Japanese descent. And then he became a Korean in the early radio stuff, and then he became Chinese in this one, and it was just like, wow, he's been all over the South Pacific. Good for him. <laughs> is Kato's backstory always such a mystery? Like, I know it's, they talk about his upbringing, but why is he so good at everything? Because... Is that in the comic or the radio yeah, show? because he is the Green Hornet. Right. But he isn't, because okay. he's not... That's the joke? So this is so this is holding true to the source material then. Yes. As far as, yeah. Okay. As far as that, as far as Kato doing absolutely fucking everything and Ripping Rick just being thing. there and okay. just shooting his gas gun once or twice, yeah, that's true. Good. Okay. I just thought it was fun that uh, in the movie Kato's Chinese, but Brit's an idiot. And he's yeah. Like, oh yeah, no, Japan's Japan. Great. Japan's great. So Shanghai. Knowing that now, I feel like that might have been like a callback reference to when he used to be. From Japan in the beginning, instead of Britches being an idiot. But but he's also an idiot. Both work. Yes. I also like the nunchucks, because I thought that was a callback to Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. Because Bruce Lee invented the nunchucks, and I thought that was cute. Hmm. I just feel like it's a little ridiculous that the guy that drops off a plate with some crimpets at his morning cappuccino is the guy that's hired specifically to work on the cars. That's it. Like, that was my one thing right out the gate that I was like... I don't understand why Kato makes this coffee and then brings it to the sun. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. This has nothing to do with what you just said. I just, I'm going to tangent off. The only thing I remember about this movie from watching it the first time, before I watched it this time, was that Kato made the cappuccino that has a leaf in it. Yeah. It's the only thing I remembered from this entire movie. I need the leaf. (laughs) I forgot about the villain. I forgot about everything. Well, I mean... He worked on the cars, right? Yes. He also invented the machine that makes the coffee. Sure. So, he's good with machinery. He's good with everything. So, if he made the coffee thing, he's the only one that knows how to use it. No, no, and I get I get that he's the only one that knows how to use it. It doesn't make sense to me that the guy who's specifically there to be the mechanic is dropping off a fucking cup of coffee to the fucking pool house for the douchebag son. Well, they said no one... The dad was like, no one's ever been able to make me a good cup of coffee. And then Kato made him one, yeah. and then he became the coffee He maker. became... It's a progression between mechanic to valet to to manservant. Got it. And the coffee kind of, like, brings their stories together. Okay. okay. And he's not good at everything, Joe. He is terrible at writing a resume. Yes. Well, <laughs> true. Well, actually, that's not true. He has no work experience, work experience outside of a dead man... And an asshole. And an, and an asshole. asshole. Which, oh my god. I was also going to so say swimming. Not good at that either. Swimming. Not good at that either, yeah. I hated that scene with him it's writing funny. a resume. Why? I thought it was funny. I had Seth Rogen's probably baked out of his mind and he thought it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> perfect. 
perfect. <laughs> that was Frank, by the way. That was a great Seth Rogen. This is going to sound horrible, but I don't give a shit. Uh, for you Seth Rogen fans out there, <laughs> plug your ears. He's got fucking buck teeth. And I just noticed that in this movie, like, hardcore. He's got fucking rabbit teeth. His front teeth are like an inch bigger than the He's rest the of green his beaver teeth. now. <laughs> oh, I wish. I have He's the red that. hippopotamus. I found him to be very skinny in this movie, too. Well, I missed a fat Seth Well, that was on purpose because after the 11 days in a coma. He also had He significantly lost cr- weight after that. He also had to be a, a ladies' man. True. Quotes. I found him to be skinny pre-coma. No, he wasn't as skinny as he was post-coma. I'm going to have to... Re- no, I'm not He was about the same. I like the scene with the three trucks pushing a black beauty into the hole. Oh my god, that was crazy. I liked it all the way up until they blew up blew the up. car. Everything to his, before to his that... Yeah. <laughs> everything before that was great. It reminded me of the movie Heat, like the crazy heist they pulled off with trucks and stuff. And it kind of surprised me this movie was made in 2011. I thought it was early 2000s for some reason. They didn't do a great job with the effects between the effects that the car uses and the fighting effects. Like, Kato was CGI'd to shit. So, like, for that, like, yeah, it, it does look like an early 2000s movie. That scene is pretty good. That, that scene actually has probably my favorite line in the movie, which is when lightning strikes thunder. Because it just, like... So Christoph Waltz's character is constantly trying to, like... Is it thunder strikes lightning? Is that what he said? I thought it was when lightning strikes thunder. He purposely says it backwards. But lightning does strike. So I think thunder strikes. It's definitely thunder one strike. of the two. Okay. Maybe. Great, guys. We can go back and watch this. No one will. Whichever way he says it, I thought it was cool because he's... Since Crystal Clear said, Oh, you need to say something when you kill people? He was, like, trying out different lines. Yes. And that was one of them. I thought that was hysterical. Like, it's way better than the fucking wordy one he does at the end. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> His gun is cool, though. No. His gun is sweet. The dual barrel Desert Eagle. I love that, that shit. The way he 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 makes it twist out that he once and then never it. again. Yeah. yeah. And the angle changes that once and then never again. Technically, it, it changes every time because when he kills the four dudes at James Franco's place, that, that barrel has to be wide. Oh, really? I thought he went boom, boom, boom. Yeah, he, he fires he, two times. Two times. And he hits four people. Oh, and yeah, then when that. he kills... John Connor in the most recent ter- in T2 from T2 Eddie uh, Furlong sure what, um, what scene is this <laughs> he's the meth dealer he's the meth dealer oh okay that first gives the that's John Connor in T2 yeah it is yes. but he operated six of his shut the fuck up meth labs <laughs> and he's also oh my this. god it is John Connor in T2 okay pardon me I was thinking John Connor of the future not no. fucking asshole John Connor a little kid He's also Wake up. the most likable character in this movie because I actually lit up and I'm like, oh, it's Eddie Furlong. Yeah, and he got he takes the car. He's like, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> Shakes is, his hand. This is How exactly what fucking drug dealers do. Holy shit! You just you just ruined my lab. Yeah, sorry about that. We're just going to light on Yeah, so John Connor gets shot. He just pulls the trigger and it's like two bullet holes real close. Yeah, Edward Furlong. Yeah, has a name. I like him. Okay. In death, we have a name. Edward Furlong. I was actually mad he didn't list him as a star in the movie. Now you know. I was waiting for it. My like, uh. Now you know. So wait for the iTunes review about it. So I liked the way that the masks were like a piece of metal. I thought that was kind of cool. That Kato crafted them. Yeah, I might be the only one that thinks that. <laughs> it was a weird scene. 
weird science. He was doing lost wax technique. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> it, it's only bothersome because, again, it goes back to the same issue where Britt is sitting there with, like, his own face in a newspaper, drawing with Sharpie, like, oh, this would look cool, and Kano's in the fucking garage actually doing something fucking useful. Because Brit is useless. He's useless. Yeah. I found out... But he makes the plans. But but the problem is, at the very end, he suddenly becomes useful and saves Kato's life. He does, but it's also in his incompetence. Yes. Like, even in that moment, he still just trips and falls while he's... Twirling but he took out, like, six legs. people on the he way. He did take out, like, four guards. He, he took out at least four people on the way, and I feel like that's a good use of at least. It's, it's really stupid. That's a really great stupid. use of at least. It might be four. It's definitely four. So you might have skated by on that. Fair. That's what I was going to say. Besides, like, the, the fucking Sherlock, like, kung fu finding out, like, oh, zoom in with the red, and I'm going to use all these things, like, that's, that shit came out of nowhere. The first time he used that was fucking terrible. No, Frank, it was great. No. It no, was it was terrible. I know. It was the whole shit was terrible. <laughs> but I'm just saying, that shit came out of nowhere. But him, like, being way more competent than the Green Hornet has been in this the whole time. Because I watched the 1966 one, and I was like, okay, wow. Kato's doing everything. Cool. Except he's not bitching about it because it was 1966, so. He was grateful to be allowed. Yeah, exactly. Was Green Hornet a dick about it? No. No, okay. and also the DA was part of the was was a good guy. So the DA was like um, per- Commissioner Gordon. Speaking of which, here we go. The fact that this movie adds in the completely stupid B plot of the DA is also evil. Does anyone give a shit about this? Well, I do because he's Hellboy too. But but beyond that, that uh, if you had seen this in two thousand eleven, this movie, movie would still be your Hellboy. Yeah, no, I wouldn't care. Yeah, I wouldn't give two shits. Like it's it's the story of. Chudnovsky versus the Green Hornet, and then they're like, oh, by the way, this guy who was nice to you at your dad's funeral... Isn't. Kills your dad. Isn't cool. He's actually your daddy. And he's, like, corrupt, and you need to expose this. And Does that fucking car is a goddamn tank. That leads to, like, my least favorite scene in the movie, when Burt Reed does his Sherlock mind palace and figures it all out. See, I love that, because afterwards, he's like, so... Since you just blanked out for five minutes, I'm guessing you're piecing this all together. <laughs> Good line, but I just didn't like the moment. I don't think he's smart enough to do it. No, I think that... I think he's say, smart enough that it took him the entire movie to figure that out. The the fact that the guy is like, you've been gone for five minutes. It took you five minutes to piece it all together, and I laid, I laid the groundwork on the table with your sushi roll. Like, he pretty much gave it to him, and it still took him five minutes to get it. I thought that was actually pretty funny. I didn't need the plot point. I think it was fairly... I think it was telegraphed way too obviously. Him constantly, like, calling. And then when he finally gets in there, I mean, like, we can compensate each other. And I winked for those who are listening at home. I think you knew that he was a bad guy right then and there. The minute that he says he was, he's trying to pay off the newspaper to not tell the story. He figures, oh, this kid's a party animal. I just saw the paper where he was a party animal. He doesn't give a fuck. I can actually bribe this one and not have to kill him. I'm just grateful to get the outside opinions because as I was watching this movie, it all started coming back to me. I'm like, right, that guy's an evil person. I saw, I saw him on the screen. And was like, that guy's really an guy. evil. I just wanted it to stop there. That guy's an evil. Period. Person. Beasting. Anyone have a problem with that? 
Yeah, for no. sure. When they first announced it on the news, he died of a bee sting. I'm like, this is coming back somehow. Said he was allergic. Whatever. Yeah, but you don't uh, die. You, instantly. You can, not instantly, but you can. Well, sure. People that can die. Sure, you can. They didn't give us any details. So. But he I said, had money, man. But he said, yeah. but he specifically Happy said time. overdose of it, which means that it would have taken multiple bee stings. Did they? Yeah, yeah. That's what he says at the end. Actually, what your father died of yeah. was an overdose of Atza blah, 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 commonly found in bee stingers or they whatever. Didn't, they didn't say but they're allergic. Yeah. But he stabbed a whole fucking syringe, so when you do the blood test, you realize that it's more fucking venom than what would it be in a normal bee. It's my problem with it is it was too random of a death for it not to come back. I thought it was lazy. Mm. And the fact that he drops a dead bee next to him, there's got to be a stinger left in the hole, no? I, I love that part. You did? <laughs> I, not because it's good. It's just, just like in a Petri dish. Just I just like, love that it was It was an afterthought. He just like had a bee in a bag. He's like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm going to make him die from a bee sting, I might as well leave a bee. Quick, plant the evidence. But you know good what job, Scanlon. Good job. <laughs> you know what? The evidence planting thing is, is silly. Because even at the end when he gets fucking driven out of the fucking side of the building... They take the USB sushi roll out of his mouth. He throws the it away. The guy looks at it and just throws it away. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Like, this can't be important. He's the worst medical examiner ever. Ever. Just goes to show how much uh, time is being taken on crime scenes in fucking Los Angeles. Frank, you okay? I like the part. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Talk, <laughs> speak loudly. Where? Tell us your fucking favorite part. <laughs> Tell us Matt. your fucking favorite Matt, let part. Talk. <clears throat> The moment's gone. No, uh, I like the part where Kato is running from the cops at the end, and the car has, like, that camo on it. Oh, yeah, that was I like cool. that. I thought that yeah, was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I was going to why, why, turn ba- why, yeah. why turn back to black at that point? Know. Just it's drive away in a white car and be done with it, right? Yeah. Like, Well, I guess they had to make it like, hey, idiots, this is the actual yeah. car, you know? Although that also brings up one of my other gripes with this movie was when he says... Oh shit, the camera caught us. You watch them turn the license plate to it says horn like it's a fake license plate. They know who are they gonna fucking take but who are they gonna ticket? Just blow it up. (laughs) Just blow it up anyway. Send it to the Hornet license plate. Oh shit, that goes to the Reed estate. Huh. That's weird. Well, send it away. Send it away. First class. This is what we're talking about at the end of the movie. How long did he deal with having a bullet in his shoulder? Because, like, it's At night when it happens, and it's afternoon I'm assuming it's when night. he has the press conference. So, like, they did not not let him sleep because he's being super dramatic about it. He's like, I feel cold. At least one So he was just fine the entire time. And how are you going to get a bullet out of you with a knife? Dig it out. Dig it out. I feel like you're going to cause more problems, no? Definitely. It does. It he's an get idiot. Get fucking pliers or something. Get on it. True. I'm just saying. But they were in a kitchen. Pliers don't usually live in a kitchen. Go to the garage. Okay, does Cameron Diaz have a garage? Maybe. No, I'm she sure doesn't. you have tools in the fucking... 1966 Chrysler. Okay, <laughs> She's an independent woman who lives alone. She probably has a set of tools. Yeah. I can't imagine she doesn't. Well, they did it with a knife, and it's fine, because that's what's happened before. Use a it spoon. is fine. I think it's <laughs> a spoon would do a lot more damage than a knife. I'm sorry. I think it's legitimately just... He's probably grown up watching a lot of movies, 
and seen those war movies where they, like, dig a bullet out with a knife. Get me a spatula to bite down on. Yeah. Like, that's that's that whole thing is, like... Steroids. He's probably just seen a bunch of movies, thought it would be that easy, and then realized immediately it wasn't going to be. It fucking hurts so bad. <laughs> I'm also just a little confused as to why he never wants the Green Hornet to be a good guy. Because they they pose as... That's the whole Green Hornet thing, is he poses as a criminal so that... So that he can do good stuff and no one will stop him. Yeah, but he... But where is the line at that point? He's not the knight that the city deserves, but he's the knight that they Because good is dumb. <laughs> Like, it's just such a hard line to, like, figure out. Like, it still doesn't make sense to me. It's, Was he dealing drugs? No. No, he's he's a good guy, but he wants to be seen by the other bad guys as a bad guy. So that they can't... Because they're not scared of good guys, good good guys aren't going to hurt them. Yes, but again, just because somebody burns down your meth lab doesn't make them inherently a bad guy. If all you've seen them do is burn down meth labs and kill other gangsters, what makes you think he's not a good guy? Because good guys generally don't kill when they don't have to. Good guys finish last. That's nice guys. Oh, yeah, true. Same difference. It makes it it. look like you're trying to take over, you know, that town. Like, Chodowski. Yes. He's posing as a rival gang person instead of... But with no actual evidence. Like, Chodowski has an excuse... His evidence is using his newspaper to make the Green Hornet out to be a bad guy. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. The newspaper comes into play. All those poor people living a lie. They work their lives writing for a newspaper, making newspapers, now perpetrate Britt Reed's lie. That's true. I feel bad for them. I feel worse for all the people that were killed because they were wearing green that day. <laughs> that was some bullshit. I felt I laughed out loud at the uh, Green Bay Packers sweatshirt. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. That was the one that was like, really? You couldn't tell that the dude wearing a Green Bay Packers fucking jacket wasn't the Green Hornet? They're not that smart in the criminal underworld sometimes. You're wearing a Green Bay Packard You put out a contract, you put out a contract. Some... Some things uh, are going to happen. I felt bad for that office building because that office building got trashed. Oh, that cuts us. Yeah, they're going to have to rebuild that from yeah, square are. one. For sure. In the trashed. They got money. They literally do. Apparently. They better. Who has it worse? Cameron Diaz because sexual harassment. Disagree. She has all the power. Wow, Joe edited that out. <laughs> she does. No, that's accurate. Don't. Is it? Yes. I'm at Who has it worse? <laughs> Who has it worse? Batman whose parents are dead, or the Green Hornet... Whose parents are dead. Who had to live with a shitty father who then died. Who has it worse or better? Yeah, who has it worse? I mean, Batman. Green Hornet. Batman has it better. Batman has it worse. How? He doesn't have anyone. Yes, but I'm... He has Alfred. He has Alfred, who's actually supportive. Whereas the Green Hornet grew up with a patriarch who was abusive. I don't care what you say, that dude he, was a fucking abusive. He wasn't that abusive. His son is a lazy man-child into his 20s or 30s. Essentially 30s, yeah. Sure. I, think he, I think he's like 28. Oh, is that what it is? When his dad dies. Are we talking Seth Rogen's Green Hornet here? Or the overall no, 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 no. Seth Rogen's Green Hornet. Yeah. Batman, any Batman has it way worse than the Green Hornet. Yeah. More I, I guess. I, I don't Reed, know. Reed wakes up. To a beautiful cup of cappuccino every morning. Okay. And a beautiful And a woman else. sometimes. Mm. Well, I mean, 
But we don't know what Alfred's leaving on the bed when he wakes up in the morning. At best, it's a mint. <laughs> what do you mean? That's like, not true. I mean, when he wakes up in the afternoon. Yeah. Same difference. My point being, I actually think that it might be better to be Batman. Well, because Batman's not useless, yes. No, beyond that, I think that, like... Okay, so Batman is constantly trying to live up to what he thinks his parents' expectations are. Whereas Britt Reed will never actually live up to what his dad's expectations are. He knows for a fact that he won't. He was trying to defy him the first part of the movie. Yes, and then he tries to live up to it once he dies. While hating him, sure, but he still tries to... He kind of does. He kind of gets there at the end. It's two separate questions. Bruce Wayne versus Britt Reed and Batman versus Green Hornet. Sure. Okay. I would... Bruce Wayne, I believe, has it worse than Britt Reed. Okay. I'd rather be Batman, personally. But that's the same answer, then. No. No, it's not. Batman has it better. I would rather be Britt Reed over would, Bruce Wayne. Right. I would rather be Batman, Batman over Green Hornet. Okay. Same. Right. Even though I think Bruce would probably be like Britt Reed if he actually had parents. Batman is like if you combine Green Hornet and Kato, is Batman. Mm, that's right. Money. He gets to be the face of it, and he gets to actually do all the cool stuff. That's right. Sure. That's actually a good point. All the good stuff. Not missing out on any single second. I'm also surprised it took Kato that long to kind of get pissed off. Anybody else? He's no. also lived his life as, like, a servant. He's basically, like, been a mechanic and a butler and a coffee maker his entire life. <laughs> so he's For kind the of last ten years, at least. Yeah. Ten years, at least. As long as his resume will allow... <laughs> That's right, which is not long. He doesn't have any other work. If that experience. resume came to sequel, he would be like this. Nope, denied. His name on the resume is only Kato. He's like Prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and his superhero that. name is also Kato. No one is hiring a man that has one name. I'm pretty sure it has an exclamation point when he's in the costume, though. That's Truth different. be told, if that resume got to me and I only read the one name, I'd be intrigued. <laughs> Tell me more, Kato. Oh, wait, his references are a Dead Edward. Man, Edward what is his name? Edward Reed, or is it uh, Papa Reed? Papa Reed. Someone Reed deceased. Britt Reed oh, asshole. That Skills. Weapons John? expert. Martial arts expert. Reed Richards. Mechanics expert. Delete. Delete. James delete. Reed. James Reed. That resume would get you an interview. People would be curious. Probably not going to get the job. I make a leaf in every single... That coffee did look delicious. It did look delicious. I wish. Where's my leaf? Well, somebody tell me why on the worst day of my life, my coffee tastes like shit. You fired every... Again, that doesn't make sense either. Why is she in the house? Because he... Why is he still living in the fucking pool house? (laughs) That's his maid. And also, because it would be weird to sleep in your dead dad's bed. You get a new fucking bed! Just have a room... I don't know. There's probably plenty of rooms in that fucking house. This movie's written really poorly. After Thanks, the, Seth Rogen. Come on this podcast and prove us wrong. After his mom died, his dad made him live in the pool house. Son. Maybe. That's, I don't know. For independence, he gets to be separate from his dad. I don't know. That's like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air thing. Dad has we'll to be careful. Will does live in the pool house. Oh, this is a story all about how my Let's not do this. His dad has to take care of 7,000 employees and... Nine-year-old Burt Reed can't take care of himself. That's I'm right. Guessing That's why nine. he pulled off He's the nine. nondescript <laughs> superhero head. Or his toys. See, in the beginning of the movie, you're like, his dad's a dick. And then as he becomes a 20-something-year-old man-child, you're like, okay, I get it. You <laughs> fucked up. You fucked up, bro. This kid yeah. sucks. 
But <laughs> you taught the kid. You taught the kid to be useless. You taught the kid not to stand up. You taught the kid not to try for anything. When he said he, when he failed standing up to bullies as a kid, he gave up forever. That's dad's fault. He didn't give up because that's his first instinct when they, after they cut the head off the statue, when he sees a, that's his first yeah, instinct but, to jump but in between, there. But between kid and the day that dad dies, he does fucking nothing. We don't know that. No, he's fucks. We don't know if he still tried to help <laughs> at some point. We see none of that time in between. His fundamental being as a person probably hasn't changed that much. He's just lazy. If he was that when he's nine years old, he's going to do the same thing. You might you you bring up a fair argument, but I maintain the reason that he's being the man child he is and not applying himself to anything, be it the newspaper. When the dad, when it's dad, he's rebelling. It's because yeah, he's rebelling against he's rebelling dad. I get that. Yeah, to do nothing because. If I do something, apparently I'm going to get my shit kicked in. Or get, get all my doll's heads ripped off. Yeah. And then when Dad does walk in, what does he say? I'm going to enroll in ITT tech and work on computers. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> I told you yesterday I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't see anything good about it. Like, you take him out of it, I think it's just as good of a movie. So, if this is your first time tuning in, what we're going to do now is rate the Green Hornet using our Infinity Stone system, which is where we give a movie a number of Infinity Stones from 1 to 6. 1 is the lowest, 6 is the highest. If you give the movie 6, you also have the option to include a gauntlet with it, which is the highest possible score. And now we're going to rate the Green Hornet. And I'm going to go to Frank first. Okay, so on the man-child... And I'm yes. going to give this two stones. Wow. It wasn't fun, but it wasn't completely boring. Matt? I'm going to echo Frank's um, beliefs here with what he said. It wasn't fun, it wasn't completely boring. But I found a lot more echoes of things that I did appreciate in other genres in this movie. Where I went, hey, that's funny, that's kind of what Batman does. Hey, that's funny, that's kind of what Spider-Man does. Hey, that's martial arts. So I'm going to give this two and a half stones for also not having a love interest, which I thought was an interesting choice. Corey, what did you think about this movie? (laughs) This movie was by no means good. It wasn't the worst movie I've seen. It was, it was just boring. Like it, I felt like it was very minimal plot, very, um, juvenile in the way that it progressed. And the way that the main character acted was juvenile. And I like Seth Rogen, generally speaking, but this just wasn't great. This gets two stones. Sequel around is out. I got two stones as well. I get The characters are just so unlikable. It's, it's pretty poorly written. Um, this was my first exposure to the character of Green Hornet. I get the joke. Cato does all the work. Green Hornet gets all the credit. It's fine whatever. Again, it's not a terrible movie. It's not unwatchable, but it's just not very good. I'm not going to watch it again. I'm definitely not going to watch this movie a third time. At least I hope not. That's fair. But uh, I think this movie was a really cool concept in the beginning and then they kind of messed it up. Didn't do the best job with it. This movie's not boring to me. Like, I was tired when I started this movie and I was awake when it ended. Hmm. So I was entertained enough Throughout the movie, I just don't think it was particularly good. So I'm going to give this movie two stones. Seth Rogen is 
I think, miscast in this movie, and his character is very unlikable in this. And also, I just want to add that there's a reboot in the works of this movie. Somebody bought the, in 2016. Somebody bought the rights to it. I'm looking that up right now. Paramount Pictures and Trinan Entertainment acquired the rights to the Green Hornet. And have there been rumors about who or what? Uh, Gavin O'Connor is attached to produce and direct, according to Wikipedia. And Sean O'Keefe is screenwriting. Why do I feel like I know that name? Which one? O'Keefe. Don't know. Gavin O'Connor, most notably, recently directed The Accountant, that Ben Affleck movie. That and movie was pretty good. And Warrior, that, uh... Oh, that was a good movie. Oh, and that Miracle. Two good sports movies. So I think this movie has a better shot of succeeding with a reboot, because I think it's a cool concept, but it's just not well done like it could be. That is our episode on The Green Hornet. If you want to tell us stuff, send on over an email to zthpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at zthpodcast. You can send us pictures of headless statues on Instagram at zthpodcast. Oh my god, I want people to do that so bad. Or go to facebook.com and search for Zeros Talking Heroes in the search bar. Zeros and Heroes both have two E's. Or facebook.com backslash zthpodcast. And last but not least, go on iTunes like our friend Mr. Urkham. Oh my god, my friend Mr. Urkham. Or whatever app you use to listen to us and give us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show. And if you want to accompany that rating with a review, we'll read it on the air, and then we'll make a new friend. So next time, we're going to be reviewing the movie Thor. Yay. (laughs) That's all I got. Till next time, for everyone else, I want to let you know that remember that every movie is someone's favorite movie. Peace. Podcast. Podcast.